But an intellectual horsepower is all about using your own personal areas of expertise or skill set to really make a difference, um, even sometimes recognizing opportunities that others miss. Welcome to In The Rising Podcast. My name is Bettina Brown, and this is the platform I've chosen to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, and your goals. And for some of us, our goals are very much career-oriented. Either we've been out of the workforce for a time, uh, raising children or do medical issues, or some of us are just having a different transition into a different career or just a different mindset about our career. And this is where my guest... Karen Farrell Rhodes comes right in handy and just in time. She has worked with Fortune 50 companies, really the 50 most prosperous companies on the planet, and has a lot of knowledge about what makes people energized and how you can lead well. And sometimes leading well has nothing to do with people who report to you, but everything to do with yourself and how you present yourself in the workforce. I am on fire today because I get to meet someone who I think is really an amazing person. I just reading your bio, I was like, wow. And the things you've done, I was like, wow, wow. And just knowing that you are doing amazing things for people as they're going through their journey and also businesses, corporations. Not all of us own our own company and are our own corporation or business, but there are principles that are important. So first and foremost, thank you so much for being on In the Rising podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tina. This is fantastic to be here. I think we're going to have fun. <laughs> I think we are. I think we are. <laughs> I'm you, all in. You All right. I love that. I love all in and fun. And you are an amazing professional. I'd like you to sum up your history just to how you got to be where you are today. All right. Well, the the quick version of it all, the 50,000 foot view, um, I've always been fascinated about successful people and what made them successful, even from a youth. I could trace that back. And so long story short, um, I love people, but I also love business. And so a fascination for the people side of business has been the red thread throughout my entire career. And um, I've made a career of over 20 years um, in the areas of human resources, leadership development, and organizational effectiveness. So anything on the people side of the business, I've worked on the corporate side of the house, and now I consult uh, via my own firm. Yeah. And your firm has an incredible name, <laughs> Shockingly Different Leadership, SDL. And yeah. what what are you hoping to be shockingly different about that? You know, you're like this approach or these views should be more common versus different. No, oh, great question. I will say that the, the origin of the firm was focused on helping to ready and develop leaders within organizations to take on their next biggest, greatest leadership role. You know, whatever was uh, what was on next on the horizon for them. Um, in corporate America, we call them a variety of things like high potential or key talent or what have you. But I really wanted to work with the best of the best to ensure that they 
were prepared for their next role because the worst thing that can happen, as you have mentioned, is we know a bad leader when we see it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure fewer people were exposed to a bad leader. Uh, so my um, career on the corporate side had been in human resources and leadership development. And then when I started the firm with Shockley Different Leadership, we wanted to have both the leaders and their companies be really delighted with how we um, help be a part of their success. So that was the origin of the, of the uh, of our company. And I, I really like the name, but I also like what you just said, you know, key talent, there's something you can just see it in certain people. There's something yes. different, but yeah. being at the top of one pool does not mean you're going to be at the top of the next pool. How do you feel or how do you encourage people to learn to navigate to be successful at the next level and the next level and the next level? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, What I will boil it down to is that what is most critical is what they're going through right then and there when we're discussing it with them and in the environment, the working environment, or if they own a business, the client environment that they're working in. There's not a cookie cutter approach for everyone. There's some principles that are usually help give you the advantage when you're trying to lead in various areas of your employer or business. But where the magic comes in is navigating through those obstacles that you're facing uh, while also honing your leadership skills. So I will just say it's a combination of building a good foundation with individuals on what where they should focus developing their skill sets for, and then really being a partner and helping them strategize and navigate the challenges that they come their way. Mm-hmm. And because there are challenges coming. <laughs> always, always. Yeah. I wish we could, I would be a trillionaire if I could figure out the magic pill to avoid <laughs> challenges, but unfortunately, no. <laughs> we're still, we're still at this level, no trillionaires yet, but we know Not those challenges yet. are coming. We know those hits are coming and a yeah. lot of those hits tend to be the same, but if we can prepare, just like with any sport, you know, this is going to eventually come. And what I, you know, learned about you is you have already been working with Fortune 50 leaders, business owners, you have written articles for Fortune, and you have a book, Lead at the Top of Your Game, and you share some lessons. And the one I was most attracted to was Intellectual Horsepower. (laughs) I love that. Can you share what that is? Yes, very quickly. So just to give context very quickly to your listeners, um, we did research on a global population of over 10,000 individuals who were considered superstars within their organization. And out of that research, we were able to develop a list of behaviors or actions or tactics that they did that helped contribute to their success. So out of that, we were able to rank um, the tops where we had over 100, but there was um, a distinct level of emphasis on the top seven that we flushed out. Mm -hmm. And that's what I shared in uh, my book. But particular to your inquiry around intellectual horsepower, I will say all seven are important equally important, but you use them differently based on situations that you're going into. But an intellectual horsepower is all about using your own personal areas of expertise or skill set to really make a difference 
um, even sometimes recognizing opportunities that others miss. So if you're able to use the natural things that come to you, your knowledge, skills, and ability to really make an impact in a way that people weren't expecting, um, that is one of the key levers to success that some of the most successful leaders are able to do. Yeah. And I'm going to read off the other six. We won't have to go okay, into detail, do. but I'd like please to do. read. So <laughs> into intellectual horsepower. I think I just like, it just sounds like action, like, yeah. you know, action with there. I also like courageous agility. Yes. That's a popular one. Yes. Strategic decision-making, <laughs> intrapreneurship, a drive for results, executive presence, and stakeholder savvy. And you really talk about these are, are really important tactics and to know more about and that the people that you did the research on, they have these and know when to pull in different situations when they're coming. That's right. And the great thing about them is it's not rocket science. I mean, there are underlying skill sets and competencies under each one, but it's something that all of us can already possess the ability to do is just refining it just a little bit more so that you can pull that lever or that action when you need to, to make a difference. If you've listened to my podcast for some time, you know, I don't interrupt my conversations with guests very often, but I came across a person who I think is really phenomenal and outstanding and has so much to offer. So I'm like you to listen to their promo. Have you always wondered how to advance your career but didn't quite know whom to turn to to ask the questions? Tune in and listen to the Women, Career and Life podcast where I share stories and practical advice for you to achieve your career and life goals and drive towards a path to financial independence. My name is Sirisha Kuchumanchi and I host the Women, Career and Life podcast. Look forward to joining you on your journey. And what is important to you is that you know, for some people, they're in a position of a leadership, right? And I put that mm -hmm. a little bit in air quotes because there is a title and automatic authority that comes with that title. But right. not every leader has to have that. You can still yeah. be rising up and, and noticed and make a difference for yourself. Absolutely. How do you feel or what do you say to people when they're like, well, I'm I'm going to do this, but I won't be paid attention to or no one will ever notice? What What do you feel to or what do you say in response to such a statement? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually say it's all about positioning. So you are responsible for positioning what you're bringing forth to the table in a way that really appeals and attracts others. In the book, I talk about um, how you provide what we call differentiating value. It's that kind of value um, that speaks to someone where they have to stop in their tracks and listen to what you're saying. So if it's if you're employed and it's your boss, it's aligning what you want to say to something that's really important to them and their goals. Yeah. If you own a business, it's um, appealing to something that most of your customers absolutely die for. So making sure how you're positioning what you're wanting to say is important to attracting those that you're trying to serve. And with that positioning, do you feel that maybe step one or A, whichever, is to figure out what your position is? Do you feel that a lot of people are kind of trying to follow whatever this book says or this person's doing and I listen to this podcast and, mm -hmm. and not really sure what 
what value is important to them? I do think people struggle with that, but where I would flip the script a little bit is say, not focus on you, try to focus on who you're trying to influence Mm -hmm. or who you're trying to lead and then be curious and find out what their top priorities are or where their pain points are and then see where your values and what you're trying to do aligns with that because you will capture their attention if you can have a solution or a conversation or a way to ease their pain in some kind of point, way, shape or form. Curiosity. Curiosity kills that cat (laughs) at all times. (laughs) Curiosity is really a good stepping stone. In what ways do you feel that when you're working with your your focus is on leaders and change? How do you feel curiosity could be positioned when you're working? Like how how does curiosity play out in action steps? Is it only asking questions? Uh, it is asking questions, testing assumptions, mm-hmm. and um, it's also bringing in additional data and perspectives, in my opinion, anyway. But I do believe um, curiosity is important so that you're uncovering any hidden obstacles or uh, roadblocks that you're not anticipating. In any leadership role, there is always going to be a level of risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, as a a leader who tries to, quote unquote, lead on top of their game, they're trying to reduce that risk as much as possible. And so they want to make decisions based on calculated risk, which is mm-hmm. risk with data information. You're making the best judgment you can. Um, instead of going totally blind. So, you know, it is a challenge, but that's, you know, part of what you're signing up is being a leader, even if you're an individual contributor leader, or if you're a leader with a, a title where you're leading teams and other people. Yeah. And I like that you said risk, because I think sometimes we are a risk averse. We don't want to mess anything up. We never yeah. want to make a mistake. But really, I'm guilty. <laughs> I have two hands up, you know, I and my legs, everything's just like, yes, yes. Yeah. So, but being in risk averse, there can be a lot of limitation. Do you feel that when you're working with people who are new to leadership, that they are maybe more risk averse or not sure how yeah. to address risk until they have exposed, been exposed to certain things? They absolutely are risk averse. I mean, as humans, we're, you know, wired to avoid. A potential danger in any shape, way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. That goes back to neuroscience. But you're absolutely right. Your younger, junior, more newer individuals into leadership, their passions and hearts are usually in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want to hurt anyone or make a misstep. So they are extremely more risk adverse. You typically do find more seasoned or tenured individuals who um, are more acceptable at risk, but you also find that they've honed that skill in reducing the the risk, meaning Mm -hmm. they may find experts to talk to, to, you know, think about things they should avoid or what have you. So it it does really, there is a correlation, in my opinion, with, um, with tenure and experience. Yeah. So the risk is always there. 
but oh. learning how to resource the help so that your risk in making that decision reduces. I'm um, exactly. learning how to do some of that. Okay. Now I've, you know, you also have a bachelor in industrial organizational psychology. So you're not just making this up from no. like you have the background and why we are, why humans are the way they are. You have an MBA, triple concentration, organizational development, human resources, and marketing. And marketing, I feel, is also an essential part of leadership because you're marketing ideas, you're marketing change. That's Do you right. feel that we learn enough about that as we are um, going through our steps in our career? In my opinion, absolutely not. Absolutely not. As you said, almost any, honestly, position in the world of work, whether you own your business or you're employed an employer, you're having to constantly sell and market yourself. Mm-hmm. both your capabilities and the current role that you were hired for, as well as your potential for potential other opportunities, either internal or external to the company. We're always in that marketing realm of our capabilities. So I absolutely do think that um, marketing, no matter your role or job function or title, um, is really, really important. And, and especially for a function like mine in human resources, where we're usually overhead instead of uh, revenue producing, we're having to justify every dollar that we're asking for in our budgets. And so that is part of marketing our value Yes. Um, and leading um, the talent that are within companies. So you're so spot on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. marketing comes in different views, marketing your talent, marketing your idea, marketing the resources that are needed because a lot of times resources come with a cost right and yeah absolutely marketing opportunity cost how to not lose the risk <laughs> um you know having to do that but it, it is important to acknowledge that it is a part of the game and we want to be a leader in that game at top of our game um but i think it's important to notice it's a game at, at all <laughs> that's true absolutely right <laughs> Now you have, you know, written for Forbes, you, you have put this company together. You have done a lot. Um, you, 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 you have a lot of wisdom. It comes across just from your bio. It comes across on the zoom call that we're, we're having today. What would be one lesson that you would tell the Karen who was starting out, you know, who's not, you know, owning her own company consulting, what would you tell her, as a as a as a piece of wanted solicited advice. Oh, there is so much. I probably could write a series of what I want to tell <laughs> <laughs> Karen. Um, I will share with you. I'll tell you. I would tell that Karen what um, one of my mentors told me mid career in corporate, and he said. And this was kind of one of the pieces of the genesis for the book. But he said, Karen, you always have to be at the table to play the game, meaning you have to earn the right to be heard and to be included in the meetings and conversations of where major decisions are are made or influenced. So I would tell my younger self. Try to make sure that you identify those individuals, whatever environment you're in, 
that are influential or power brokers or what have you and try to do what you can to um, to be part of the team, because that's where the major decisions happen. And that is the way that you can bring up others, you know, um, and give a hand to those that are coming behind you. It's a way that you can influence um, business or charity work or what have you. But being as having a seat at that table where your voice can be heard can influence so many lives. And that's where the action happens. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was a really good response. That was a powerful response. You have to be even at the table, earn that right. At the table. Yes. (laughs) Now, now that you're at the table, and I think firmly some tables. At, <laughs> I'm still trying to get in more, <laughs> more tables. <laughs> you, I think you own the table as far as I'm concerned. What would you what is still on the horizon for Karen Farrell Rhodes? What is what are you still rising up to that calls your heart and calls your passion and your experience? Yeah, so one of the um newer things that we're doing as part of my firm. I'm I'm really passionate about those who impact so many lives in the world of work. Mm-hmm. And while it may be great to be, you know, a, a multi-trillionaire, there, you know, that's not the majority of the world. The majority of the world, you know, is is at another level. Mm-hmm. And so um one of the areas being so focused on leadership development, one of the most areas that are underserved are those senior leaders who are not yet in the C-suite, but are charged with leading teams and executing what um, the company leaders want. And so one of my big passions right now is on the promoting of our network called Notable, which are for more advanced leaders who um, need some, you know, confidants, leadership support and what have you. So, um yeah, definitely focus on helping those who are having the most impact that are influencing the lives in our communities, your my communities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you have a lot to offer and I'm so grateful for your time today and, and sharing your perspective on what's important and, and that every everywhere you are, every moment, every time you're talking to someone, you are positioning, you are marketing and what are you bringing to the table? Um, is it complaints or is it a solution or is it the best you and your knowledge, your intellectual horsepower? Your um, intellectual horsepower. <laughs> I am going That's to quote beautiful. you with that, but I'm going to put that in my office. I, I think I'm going to work on my intellectual horsepower. Um, so I'm super grateful for your for your time today. And thank you so much uh, for your grace. And you you really had some some very interesting things to say. I would like you to share how people can learn more about you and kind of just soak in all the goodness <laughs> that you're putting out well, there. You name your platform, I'm on it, except for TikTok. And I'm about to get on that one, but you name it. You can always find me on LinkedIn and all the major social media platforms. You can also uh, reach out at our uh, website at shockinglydifferent.com. There's a ton of um ways to contact us there. And if I can give just a free offering to your listeners, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, If they are curious about um, 
what best triggers them? We call them leadership triggers, but what best influences them to follow the lead of others? We have a free quiz on the um, website, which will be fascinating to see what your own leadership triggers are. So if they want to go to uh, shockinglydifferent.com forward slash trigger, just Singular, T-R-I-G-G-E-R. They can take a free quiz. You won't be added to a mailing list. It's just uh, informational purposes for gifts. And that might give you some grounding of where you stand and, um, you know, where you want to be more involved in as well. Nice. Well, yeah. thank you for that. I will be going to the trigger. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I know. And- um, thank you so much again. I really had a great time. <laughs> I did too. Thank you so much as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Have a great rest of your holiday season, December. And and I know 2023 is going to be outstanding for you. And for you as well. <laughs> thank you. I really enjoyed my conversation with Karen. She has a lot of energy. She has a lot of wisdom and experience. And sometimes we're not talking to a person, but we're talking to all the people they've talked to. And Karen is one such person. So I encourage you to research on your own, listen to her words, read her book, I have, and um, just move in the direction that you're really excited about. I also invite you to leave a five-star review, leave a heartfelt true review of this podcast episode or this podcast in general. The more people we can bring this out to, the greater impact it does in the hearts and minds of those. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.